grateful for your amazing grace that you bestow upon us this opportunity to be able to hear your word, this wonderful, precious word that you've given us. And so, God, I ask that your word would speak to us, that we would hear what you have to say. Lord, that we would lay aside concerns, worries, and all these other things, and rather lay it down at your feet, knowing that you are more than capable of handling our circumstances. Lord, I pray uh, against the evil one. I pray against Satan, that you would rebuke him by your power, that we would hear your word, that we would receive what you have for us. And Lord, that we would be surrendered to do it, to do it. And so thank you, God, for this opportunity to be able to sing and listen to all that's going on and to worship you in our giving and worship you in our listening now. Help us, O God, to feign you, obey you, um, and share you with others for your glory, the joy of all the nations, and our joy as well. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Really glad that you're here. This is week four of Love, Sex, and Lasting Relationships. We're going to get right into God's Word. I want you to um, track with me. Now, if you're new to this whole uh, Christian thing, right? If you're just kind of kicking the Christian tires, if you're just sort of figuring out whether this sort of uh, uh, is for you, I'm so glad that you came today. I'm so elated that you came today. I think that this is going to be really beneficial. Um, if you were dragged here by a family member, um, that, you know, like you know, your spouse said, it's going to be a very, very cold night out if you don't come to church this morning. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. Even if you don't want to be here, I'm glad that you're here. I think that what's, what's gonna, what we're going to speak about today is going to have great value in all of your lives. Now, it's only going to have value, though, if you actually focus and pay attention. Okay? So I know that there are places to go, things to look at your phone about, and all that other stuff, but I need you to give your focus for the next few minutes because I think that God is going to speak in a very powerful way. Um, so uh, with that, one of the traditions we have in this uh, church is to stand when we read God's word. One of the reasons is, is because we believe God's holy, perfect, and pure. And when he, we read his word, we're like in awe of God. We stand in, in respect and reverence unto the Lord. Um, so we're going to read James uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. We'll all read it together. Um, you'll have... The words up on the screen, you also have the words in your bulletin, and, or if you have your Bibles, it's in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. So let's read it together. 1, 2, 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. May God bless the hearing and the reading of his word. All right. We just read a mouthful. I hope you were paying attention because that didn't sound like it's going to be a good service, right? It's like, oh, dang. This one might be uncomfortable. Um, okay, so what, we're, um, so what we're doing today is we're talking about... Let me tell you why this is so important for you to listen to, this talk. It's because in your relationships, in your marriages, it, at work, with your friends, with your children, it all depends on... Uh, the, the, the longevity of that relationship depends on how you handle conflict. How you handle when things don't go your way. How you address conflict. So listen to me. This is a big deal because with everybody that you connect with, you're eventually going to have conflict with. Does that make sense? Is that new information to you? I mean, I wonder if that's like a, a revelation to you. No, absolutely every person... And, and I know for some of you, you know, you just started dating someone in the last three months. You go, oh, we never have conflict. And you're so cute to the rest of us, right? Because conflict will come. Conflict is absolutely on its way. And so I want you to know that since it's absolutely going to come your way, since you have to deal with it, here's a thought. 
Why don't we learn from God's Word on how to deal with it in such a way that would bring glory to Him and joy to us? Does that make sense? Okay, now, if you're here and you were dragged here and you don't want to listen to anything I have to say, you just, you're just thinking, oh God, how long is this going to be? Even if you don't want to listen to this sermon, the people who love you are begging God that you listen to this sermon because they want you to learn about how to deal with conflict much more so than you do because you have to understand they're the result of whatever conflict, however you like to deal with conflict, they experience it. And so even if you don't want to hear, believe me, your spouse wants you to, your kids want you to, your parents want you to, God wants you to. So we're, this is a big deal. So we're going to deal with this subject. And we're going to ask the first question, and this is the question that we're going to answer for the rest of this uh, talk. What causes fights and quarrels among you? What causes fights and quarrels among you? You know, if you ask me this question, and, uh, you, know, and you know, you just said, hey, so what was the source of the most bitter fight that you've ever had? What was the, what was the, what was the, the, the source of the biggest conflict you ever had? That would be easy for me to answer. The answer would be him, her, it, that, them. It would, be, it would be something. But what James is going to try to help us do, and what God's Word wants to reveal to us, is that when it comes to conflict... Can anybody see anything in here? Okay. I wonder. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Can you see? Right? Okay. When James is talking about conflict, what he wants you to know is that you're looking at the person who's the source of your difficulty, conflict, and problem. You're looking at them. Now, this is going to take a little while for me to convince you of. I know you're not, you're not like, wow, that was revelatory. Let me write that down. Um, no, but the, the actual, the reality is, listen to me, it's you. If you don't believe me, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? To which I go, no. No, no. Her. Him. It. That. Them. That's where it comes from. James, you don't understand the, the complexities of my relationship. You don't understand. They made an oath and they betrayed that oath. They made a commitment and they betrayed that commitment. They told me that they would and they didn't. They said they were going to and it didn't happen. You don't understand, James. James, you're wrong. Listen, here's the problem. It, it's... It's not the battle, it's not the desires that battle within me. It's him, it's her, it's it, it's that, it's them, it's all, it's, it's something. But it's not me. Whatever it is, it's not me. See, James will say it's you. This is you. Now, here's the thing. When this box here represents your entire life, it represents your past, your present, and your future. It represents your hopes and your dreams. This box represents everything that you own and everything. This is all of who you are, your thoughts, your interactions. This is all of you, right? And the, there's a... So this, this means that this is all of you, right? So we have all of who you are inside this box. Our propensity, our sort of leaning, our bent, is to think that all of our problems start outside of the box. That all of the, the you know why, you, you know why I'm so mad? Because you said you were going to and you didn't do what you said and that's why I'm mad. See, my, the, the, the source of my problems is outside of the box. And so as long as the source of our problems is outside of the box, then the source of our joy is outside of the box. And if the source of our joy is outside the box, then the solution then is to fix them. 
her, him, it, that, they. You see, this is it. Some of you would say, no, 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 you don't understand, Pastor. I work, I work with a lion. Like, I work with somebody who's an absolute horrible person. To be The source of my problem is, is that work environment. It's them. No, 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 you don't understand. Pastor, you, let me tell you my sad story. My husband said that he was going to, and he, and he broke his vow, and he didn't follow through with what he said. And go, see, the problem is outside of the box. And what James is trying to say is this. No, 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 you don't understand. All of your problem, it's in the box. It's you. No, but she said, no, 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 listen, we'll get to get to that. But pastor, they were unfaithful. Listen, we're going to get to that. I understand that there's a lot of emotion and, and there, this, could, this message could be taken in the wrong way. But James wants us to first get, listen, listen. It's in the box. What causes fights and quarrels among you? It's the desires that are in you. He goes on. He says, you want something, but you don't get it. So let me ask you something. If I ask the loved ones in your life, hey, how does she act when she doesn't get what she wants? Hey, how does he act when he doesn't get what he wants? What would they say about you? What would they say about you? I'm not talking about, listen, now, there's a, we do this really funky, silly thing in Christendom. So if you guys aren't, some of you guys aren't Christians, I know, so, so just, I'm going to give you in a little insider information. What happens is we'll hear a message like the one that we're hearing now, and we'll think of people who we wish we could have invited to the service so that they could hear the message, because they really need to change, because this has nothing to do with us. Oh, I wish my boyfriend would have showed up for this one. I wish my wife would have showed up. I wish my kids would have showed up. I wish my parents would have showed up for this one. Listen to me. I'm really, I am. I'm communicating to the person sitting in your seat. Like, I mean, you know, you can recommend the podcast to them and you can buy the CD and you can go on the website and you can do whatever you like. But this sermon is for you. And when I say you, I don't mean you like the person you're thinking about. I mean you like the person wearing your shirt. And so when, we, when James talks about it, he goes, you get, you, and he says this, and he says, listen to what he says in uh, verse 2. You want something, but you don't get it. So what do you do? When a three-year-old, you know what happens with a three-year-old when they want something that they don't get? Have you ever had a three-year-old want something that they don't get? Right? Let me tell you something. What a three-year-old goes through at three years old is humorous. When you're 43, it's homicidal. When a three-year-old doesn't get it, it's easy to deal with. Now, Joey, get in the carriage. We're going to deal with this at home. Right? And then, you know, and you keep it moving. But it's not that easy to do that with a 43-year-old, is it? Listen to me. Listen to me. You got something that you want. And you don't get it. So what do you do? Well, let me tell you, because I've been doing this for a long while. Let me tell you what people do. And they power up. If they have the power to do so, they power up. That's one option. That's what people do when they don't get what they want. You know what I mean when I say power up? That means that you have a power that the others around you don't possess. So, it's a voice raised. It's a hand gestures made in a, in a, in a sort of a, an intimidating way. It's an aggression on your continence. You would say, no, no, this is normal. This is how I grew up. This is a, and everybody else would around you would say, you try to intimidate you try to control, you try to manipulate, you try to, you, you strong arm the situation. You are the house's verbal MMA'er. 
You are you come to you use anything at your disposal. Oh. Some of you, when you don't get what you want, you know what you do, right? You clam up. You go, well, I'm not going to talk about it. And so now we have three weeks of silence. And it's go, no, honey, really, tell me what's wrong. No, I'm not telling you. No, honey, really, tell me what's going on. I'm not saying. Four hours later, honey, really, you could, you could share with me. Is there something wrong? Nothing's wrong. No, 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 baby, I wouldn't be asking if I didn't absolutely know that something is wrong. No, 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 nothing. No, please, can you tell me? Well, if you don't know, I'm not telling you. <laughs> you clam up. Some of you become negotiators. When you don't get what you want, it's just a negotiation. It's like, well, well okay, okay, listen, listen, here's how it works. If you don't, okay, and you don't say, you're, you're not this, you know, not exactly this way, this forthright, but you're, in essence, you're saying, if you give me this, then I'll give you this. And whatever's in your stock, right, whatever you got in your pocket, whatever you got in your, whatever you have in your arsenal, whatever you know that they need from you, you hold that off. And you go, hey, listen, I will give you this if you give me that. Now, as for as many as there are people, there's as many different ways as you have of addressing. Um, some of you threaten. And this is fun. You, what you do is you create a, a very unsafe environment. And so it's, it's just scary. You threaten, oh, well, I'll take this, I'll give that. Or you, you think this is bad? Just wait till your turn comes. And it's like your voice is not particularly loud. You're not trying to intimidate. You're certainly not clamming up. You're not being ice cold. You're, you're, not, you're not negotiating. You're threatening. And everybody's nervous around you, around you. And so there, for as many people as we have, is as many opportunities as we have of trying. But my question to you is not what other people do. What do you do when you don't get what you want? I threaten to leave. I tell them I, uh, I threaten something else. I clam up. I ice up. I power up. I do... I, I, God says that if you continue to do that, you're going to have what the first question suggested. Fights and quarrels. Wars and battles is what the Bible is saying. And I don't have to describe what a war or a battle is in a relationship, do I? Some of you have just come off of one, right? You're, 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 back, from the, you're back from the field, right? You know, you're, you're taking a little hiatus, but you have every intention of re-enlisting once this service is over. And you're going to go back into battle and it's going to be something else. What causes fights and quarrels? What causes wars and battles among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And here's what he says. You want something, but you don't get it. You want something, but you don't get it. So what do you do? What's the next word he says? You kill. Now, this is, this is interesting because you have to ask a question. When you're doing a Bible study, if you're going to understand the Bible, here's a Bible study tip, okay? When you're doing the, a Bible study, what I want you to understand is that you have to ask at least three questions. You've got to ask more, but you can't ask less. Who's writing? Who's he writing to? Why is he writing? Who's writing? Who's he writing to? Why is he writing? So, who's writing? James, the brother of Jesus. By the way, a little side note. James is one of the major reasons why I believe Jesus Christ is God. James is one of the major proofs that I have in my own soul for why Jesus Christ is worth worshiping among others. Because think about this. James is Jesus' brother. That's what James is. Now, let me ask you a question before we go on. What would it take for you to believe that your brother was God? <laughs> right, you get the point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, no. He'd have to die and rise from the dead three days later. I think James would have said the same thing. And he would have said, oh, look, <laughs> it happened. He's God. James did not, James was not an early adopter 
of the Christian faith. In other words, Jesus had his 12. James wasn't a part of them. James thought he, Jesus had lost his mind. But when the dead guy gets up three days later, you tend to believe what he says. And so James is one of the reasons why I, I trust Jesus as God and as my Savior. Maybe, he, maybe that's just enough proof that you need it. And maybe that's, that's for you. But who's, who's writing? It's James, the brother of Jesus. Spent tons of time with Jesus, watching his life. And so James is, 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 is a deep relationship with Jesus. Who's he writing to? He's writing to a congregation, a church. When, matter of fact, every time James says you, most of the time rather, when James says you, he means corporately. You corporately. Right? Y'all. If James was from Texas, he'd be saying y'all. Right? Because he means all of you and how you interrelate to one another. And why is he writing? Because James is a pastor who wants to give instruction. So when James says, you kill, he doesn't think that anybody, you know, when the, when the church has an argument, they pull out a knife and they start stabbing one another, right? So what could James possibly be meaning when he says, you kill? Listen to me. There is a way that you can get into a disagreement with someone where you assassinate the relationship, where you destroy the interaction where there's and man I don't even have to pad this some of you right now are looking at me and I wasn't in your house but you feel like your relationship is dying by the way you guys deal with conflict I wish I wish I could sit down if I was sitting down with you and you were there and they were there and I was talking to the both of you I would give you the same answer that James is giving he said oh so you don't get what you want you know what you do you kill you kill. And so the kid can't wait to get out of the house because you kill. Nobody knows this better than me. And so the wife can't wait to go out and, and just get out of the house because you kill. And the parents don't want to relate with you because it's like walking on eggshells and you're such a dangerous person to talk to so, because you've killed so what does the Bible say? So the Bible says, when you don't get what you want, what do you do? Oh, you know, I'm very reasonable. No, 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 you kill. You kill. You kill relationships. You kill potential. You kill marriages. You kill interactions with your children. You kill uh, potential learnings from your parents. You kill. You kill. You kill. And you covet. That is, you desire something someone else has. It's terrible. Like, when I think of this subject, I think a lot about um, marriages. Because, we're, we're, you know, it's love, sex, and lasting relationships, so I've been thinking about dating and marriages. I can't tell you how many guys, how many guys I know who have lost any zeal for life because their wife has just beat it out of them. I can't tell you how many women I know whose esteem is beneath the floor, because their husbands have beat it out of them. You've killed, you've coveted, you've destroyed. And so what you've done is you've laid the ground and you go, well, you know, she does, he doesn't want to talk to me. Of course not. You've killed. He's seen you kill before. Why would he want to talk to you? And, 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 you know, and, and the guy says, but, but she doesn't want to interact with me. Of course not. You're a murderer. Why would she want to interact with that? You kill. You covet. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. So there get, James brings it full circle. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Everything that we just said, and he brings it, and that's what causes fights and quarrels among you. So, listen to me. This is it. This is it. Now, many of you, what you want to do, listen to me, what you want to do is you want to make, make it about somebody else. You want to be able to go, oh no. It's their problem. It's the one that... No, no, no. I'm looking at the... Now I've really got a good idea of whose problem it is. It's him. It's her. It's... Now listen. James says, 
that it begins and it ends. Now, let me say something before we go on to the solution, because right now I've just created a pretty big tension. Listen to me. Some of you are so filled with the devil that you're going to go home and you're going to preach this to your wife. You know why, honey, we're having this fight? Because of you. You're not getting what you want. And you're going to do this with your kids. You know why we're having this fight? It's because of you. You're not going to go listen to the sermon, turn on the podcast, play the CD. You're, you're so far. And, and to you, I just want to rebuke you in the worst way. To you, you are missing the entire point. To you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to take these precious, godly, life-giving words and you're going to deal death because that's what you're good at. And to you, I say you have, I have no ears for you. Listen to me. Don't go in a self-centered, selfish, it's all about me. I'm going to use God's word to, to, to do more of what I've been doing before, worshiping myself. I don't want you to do that. I want you, if that was you, I want you to repent. I want you to turn to Jesus. I want you to say, Jesus, would you forgive me for, for the entire time as I'm listening to this sermon? Would you forgive me for saying, I wish Sally was here. I wish John was here. I wish so-and-so could listen to this message. Oh, I'm going to buy this CD for someone else. I'm going to go, listen, just stop. I'm talking to you. God's word is dealing with with you. If someone else, if I go home and the reason that my wife is fighting with me is because she's not getting her desires, that's not my place to tell her. It's God's place to address her. I need to address my own desires. I need to go back here. Now, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not love Jesus, if you would not call yourself a Christ. Christ's disciple, this message has been pretty profitable for you. If you've listened, you go, oh, wow, there's some insights here. Okay, there's stuff that's, okay, so I get it. Edwin, what you've said, basically, is what causes fights among us. Well, um, everybody's tendency is to look outside of themselves, but you're saying, no, God wants to focus on what's going on inside of us because it'll help us when we deal with others. And you could be a Muslim or Buddhist or, or you could be anything at all. And get that part of the message. Now, we're transitioning. Now I'm going to speak to Christians. If you don't know Jesus, you could listen in and maybe make a decision of whether or not you want to become a Christian. Um, but right now I'm going to speak to Christians. Because that's what the Bible is going to do. And it's going to tell Christians on how to handle this. Fair enough? Okay. So he, sa- he goes on and says this. You kill and covet, but you, cannot, um, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have... And here it is, because you do not ask God. You do not ask God. So what happens? We get into a disagreement. We get to, something happens that we wish didn't happen. Something happens that we wish we could change in someone else. And so what do we do? We fight with them. And the Bible is saying, no, 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 you don't understand. The reason that there's so much tension this way is because you have not addressed it this way. The reason that you have so much amperage, the reason that there's so much passion, the reason that they're so angry this way is because you've never addressed it this way. So the Bible would say, and and, and so listen, and here's how my proof of this, right? Okay, listen. If you're... You know how upset you get when your kids are not doing good in school? Does anybody, right? Does anybody get upset? Like, okay, you get the phone call, right? They've, they've hit someone or they've not done good, right? Okay, listen to me. Why is it that you don't get that mad when my kids don't do well in school? Because, I know, I know. Because when it's my kids, so what? And when it's your kids, you're not getting what you want. Does that make sense? If your spouse didn't, you know, if your spouse didn't fulfill a commitment that they said that they were going to fulfill and it was right, they, they promised and you, you know, depending on them and they didn't come through. Why don't you get that upset when my spouse doesn't fulfill their commitment to me? Here's the reason why. It's because 
you are not getting what you want. The Bible says you're not asking God. You're not getting what you want and you're not coming to Christ. You're not running to Jesus and you're saying you're not going, Jesus, I need a change of heart here. Show me, show me how what they're doing, how what they're doing, I've done with you. Show me the lack of commitment. Show me the, the, the breaking their word. Show me the making the promise and not fulfilling it. Show me the covenant making but not covenant keeping. Show me whatever they're doing here. Show me that here. Because I've discovered. Now listen to me. I've discovered when you can live in the light of the gospel, all the volume gets toned down. When I've discovered that when you live in light of the gospel, all of that sort of gas that you had, ready to fight, all of that energy that you had, gets lessened. What causes fights and quarrels among you? It's because you're not getting what you want and you're not asking God. When you ask, and here it is, when you ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Let me tell you what that looks like in a relationship. What that looks like in a relationship is that, okay, you did go to God and you did ask him, but it looked an awful lot like this, right? So you get out of the car and you just got home from work and you're angry about something and you, you, know, you slam the door and you're about ready to go into the house and you've driven. As you've been driving home, right? Is anybody do, am I the only one who does this? You drive home and you have an argument when no one's around? Do you do that? I do that all the time. I have epic battles in my mind. Am I the only one who does this? No, just one or two, right? One or two of you do it, right? So I have these epic battles, right? And so here's what happens. I have this epic battle in my head. And by the way, I always win, right? I am the undisputed champion of the arguments in my mind. Right. And so I'm I'm having these epic battles. I'm winning. So I slam the door and two steps before I'm in the door, I go, God, help us. See, see, what I'm doing is I'm asking, but I'm asking with wrong motives. I'm asking, knowing what I want, knowing what I want you to do. And this will all go very well. Listen, this fight will go very smoothly if you just do what I say. This argument will have not a whole lot of time left to it if you simply do what I want you to do. And I know, at this point, you go, objection, wait, you go, wait, time out, hold up, wait. They made a marriage covenant, and they broke it. And that's not, uh, that's not something simple, that's something heavy. I know, I know. And it's painful. And it's terrible. And I wish I could just embrace you and just say, okay, let's pray about this. I wish I could walk you through that. But listen to me. Listen to me. Even if it's something like that, you're still not getting what you want. And that's what's causing the fight. Did, was it, were they right to do that? Absolutely not. That's horrible. Did the kids, were they right uh, to skip school or to not do homework? or No, absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. And what I'm not saying is that we're not going to confront issues. We need to confront issues. I have children. I've got to confront them. I got four of them. I got to confront them on stuff. I got a wife. I got to confront her on stuff. But I'm talking about that foot stomping, just angry acting, volume raising, cold shoulder giving, manipulative response that has nothing to do with Christ that we need to address. And it's, it's in God's word. He says, when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. Why? Why do you ask? So you can get what you want. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So, here it is. This week, what I want you to do is, and for those of you who don't know Christ, and you go, listen, I want you to, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. This is very, very important. Because I'm about to give you what I want you to do and how you're going to be able to fulfill it. And then we're going to hear Ron's testimony and what God has done in his life. And then I'll send you off. Here it is. When I get angry at someone else, 
it's always, the emotions that I feel are always a reflection of what I've done with God. Has anybody ever lied to you? Does that feel good at all? Let me ask you a question. Ever lie to God? Once or twice, maybe? Right. Has anybody ever broken their word to you? Let me ask you something. Have you broken your word with God? Has anybody, has anybody ever been inconsiderate to you? Have you ever been inconsiderate to God? In other words, you did not consider what God's word said about a particular circumstance you went in? Has anybody ever sinned against you grievously? No? No? Just one or two of you? Right? Okay. Yeah. People have sinned against me. Listen to me. No one. So here's what it looks like, right? So I'm driving home, and I've got to do this quick. So I'm driving home, and um, um, I know that there's no food that was cooked. You know why I know? Because the kids called me and said, what's for dinner? And I go, I'm not your mom. I don't know. And so I'm driving home, and so I'm, I'm looking at that, and I'm giving you a hypothetical. I'm not necessarily saying my house. Okay, I'm giving a hypothetical. Right. Work with me. All right, my wife's here. So here we go. So we're driving. And so uh, we're, I'm driving home and I'm going, why isn't the food cooked? And I know we have groceries in the house. And what is that? And I worked really hard. And I got, you know, I got to work at 6 a.m. I didn't get to home and say, I'm tired. And gosh, you know, I, I got to do everything in here. You know, the stupid fight that you have in your head. Well, you, you, you do that, right? And you walk in there and, and you go, you know what? This is, what were you doing all day? What is this? This is crazy. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have heated up leftovers. You couldn't have done this. It all gets exploded. Kids run into their rooms because they're scared of what's going on. My wife winds up crying in the corner while I'm justified. If they'd have just done what I wanted them to do, this would have never happened. Take that same situation and let's apply what we just learned. We're driving, down the, uh, we're driving down the thing. I know that the food hasn't been cooked. I go to Jesus, and I don't stuff it. I don't act like it's not real. I go, Jesus, I happen to be royally pissed that I have to go home and that there's absolutely no food. So we need to have this discussion here. Because if I go home and have it like this, things are not going to end well. And Jesus usually tells me, really, Edwin, please go on. And so I go, thank you very much. Can you believe that she had a responsibility and she did not fulfill her responsibility? And Jesus goes, pray tell. Say more. And he goes, you know, she said she would and she didn't. And he goes, really? Tell me more. And he goes, you know what? They did not, she did not fulfill her agreement. And he said, tell me more. And I go, no, that's it. I'm done. And Jesus goes, you know, I know another dude who's promised things to me who has, has just simply not delivered. Should I, should I itemize? And I go, no need. <laughs> and, and I know another. I know another who has, who has said with his words promises that he's not followed through on. And I know someone who's sinned grievously against me. Should I give you a name? Not necessary. Get your point. What happens? Jesus deals with my heart. Now what, what happens? I come, I've prayed, right? And I've come to God and he's answered my prayer. You know what he says? Everybody's got to eat, so buy a, pie, a pizza pie. It's fast, it's quick, it's easy. It's, it's. So I bring the pizza pie. I come into the house. We all ate it. The kids say, Mom, this is great. You should not cook more often. I go, stop it, stop it, stop it. Don't say that. And so then we get to have a conversation, and it looks an awful like that. Honey, what's, is everything okay? Is everything all right? Yeah, you know, the fire department came. There was a fire upstairs. Everybody had to leave, and we weren't allowed to come back in for six hours. And, and so it was a crazy day. I was trying to get in contact with you, but you were in meetings all day. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I talked to Jesus before I talked to you. Why, 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 why? Listen, 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 listen. Because I wasn't getting what I wanted. And now, 
Kids go to bed happy. Now you go. But if I do that, here's the problem, Edwin. If I do that, they're going to think it's okay to sin against me. If I give them grace like that, they're going to think it's okay to act this way against me. If I show them mercy, they're going to think it's okay not to do what they just did again. To which if you tell Jesus that, I think he'll say, I know another person who I've extended a great deal of grace to. Who has in fact given me a lot of what they've done before. Not good. And I know a person who I've extended mercy to who has not responded to my mercy as fully as I would like. And yet that never stopped Jesus from extending mercy to the ones who bear his name. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Okay, listen guys, um, Ron's going to come up. Uh, We're going to set Ron up. Uh, Ron's going to sit right there. I'm going to set up his, uh, his mic. And Ron's going to share with you his testimony. I'm going to, after Ron is done, listen to me. I have three minutes worth of instruction for you. Three minutes worth of instruction for you when Ron is done. Okay? But I want you to hear about all that God is doing in our congregation. I want you to see all that God is doing in the lives of the people that are here. And then we're going to go. And uh, I'll... You, Three more minutes, and then I'll let you go. Fair enough? All right. Go ahead, Ron. Glory to God. Um, hello, family. Um, okay. Second time around. Um, uh, God put a, a, a... I've been in the discipleship group. That I'm sure a lot of you guys are in now, circles. And... Um, we memorized 13 verses, but I, God gave me a, a verse as I've been reading the Bible. And it's John 15:16. And it's, uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. <clears throat> That's a good verse. It fits me. Um, it fits the testimony, and I'm just going to read it. Um, it was a nice, hot summer day in 1980. I was 12 years old. I went fishing with my cousin and his dad, his uncle Nelson, my uncle Nelson, and um, some other people. We were on this boat, and I decided to jump into the water for a swim. Um, that day I had met God. Um, he didn't let me drown. I had my last gasp of air, and this is always going to happen. I had my last gasp of air, and I started to sink, and the water became colder. And it became darker, and I had ran out of oxygen. I was terrified. I prayed. Please, God, don't let me die like this. That was my prayer. And I remember he said, and his, I remember he said, let go and trust me. And I did. I felt like he had wrapped his hands around me. I felt an overwhelming peace, warmth, and comfort. Trust, and there was a brightness, too. Um, um, Then I came to, someone was performing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And and I didn't even thank God. Um, um, Life went on. At 13 years old, I started experimenting with, with drugs and doing crimes. And um, God was always with me. Um, from the bullets that whizzed by me in shootouts to the 9 millimeter Glock that was put in my mouth and the trigger was pulled, only for it to jam. Um, from the guys that I just had robbed the week before. Um, to the 50-year bid that I was facing, and a pro bono lawyer takes my case. I was his freebie. He got me eight years. From a beef that originated in the street and ended up in prison, I was terrified. And I walked out of there unscathed. And many more times like that, that Jesus had protected me. 
I never thanked them. From coming home at 23 after six years and not knowing about addiction and just going back to a life that I only knew. And again, Jesus provided a place for me. And a. And I struggled for a number of years. But my last one, I had an, inc- I had an incredible amount of heroin and methadone habit. And I thought I would never get off. But I did. And cold turkey. And that was a miracle. And that was God again. And in 2003, my sister had called me. I was fellowshipping after a meeting. And she said that she wanted to die. And I was going, and she was going to do it. She had attempted this a time before. Um, with, uh, with only the name of the motel that she had given me, uh, myself and two of my sponsees drove through New Jersey to find this motel. We rode straight to the motel, right in front of the door. And so here I am to save my sister's life. But mine's got saved. Jesus saved my life. Um, I remember telling her to call her pastor. We met up with the pastor. And I was asked, did I know Christ? And was he my Lord and Savior? And I said, I have a higher power. (laughs) Yeah. But that day I accepted Christ as my Savior. And, um, and I had a very powerful experience with, with God that day too. Just like in the waters. Um, I felt His presence, but I never cultivated that relationship. In 2007, um, nine years clean, full of steps and traditions, living as principled as I can, Looking good on the outside, but I was broken on the inside. I was unhappy. I had no joy. My marriage was on shaky grounds. Spiritually bankrupt, clean. I was invited to a retreat that October. I recommitted my life to Christ, and I started to show up to this very church. I thought the church could change my wife because she had many issues I found out that I am the one that has many issues that needed help so my expectations didn't come to fruition my wife was not changing according to my timetable and God was not helping so so it was bad it was so bad that even in the services we were arguing. I was even using sermons to defend my case. Um, And I pointed out all her faults, um, and we stopped coming. I thought it was a waste of time to show up here. So uh, So I wanted what I wanted, and I didn't get what I wanted. And that's part of the sermon today and that was a verse that God had given me James 4 1 2 what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they come from the desires that battle within you you desire but you do not have so you kill you covered but you cannot get away get what you want so you quarrel and fight you do not have because you do not ask God and, of course, we heard the solution. Um, I remember again in 2012, um, praying to God for another miracle. Um, the miracle was for my wife. She had a bad heart. She had went into surgery, and she was implanted with a defibrillator. Um, and the defibrillator is not meant to improve her heart. The defibrillator, for those that don't know, it's implanted. So she don't have a fatal heart attack. 
Um, but what happened um, couldn't be explained. Explained. And, um, and I, you know, it was glory to God. I, um, the God, doctors couldn't explain it, but I said I, I, I could. I know that God answers prayers. Um, we made our way back to the church. Um, throughout our time away from the church, built the church building, um, Pastor Edwin reached out to me. And I ducked a lot of his calls. Um, but they always made me feel good. So I'm here, surrendered to Jesus Christ, letting him grow in me. I show up to a a discipleship group, and from there I have started a discipleship group, a circle. Um, I feed people and witness to them Wednesday mornings in the soup kitchens that we have um, that is growing. Um, And I've... And I've asked permission to get involved in ushering, and I was allowed. Um, Only, only because I made Christ the center of my life. Um, And I have another verse, and it's uh, Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And um, and things things improved in me. Um, and I have another verse for you. In Philippians two thirteen, it says, "For it is God who works in you to will you and to act you, and to act according to His good purpose." Um, I thank you, Jesus, for using all these things, all the people here at Recovery House of Worship. For getting me to a place to know that it's all about Jesus. I thank you for being my protector, even when I didn't believe in you or chose you. I'm grateful that you chose me. Thank you. By the way, if you, did, you weren't sure what Recovery House of Worship is about, you just heard it. That's it. We want to see Christ exalted. We want to see lives transformed. That's it. That's it. We're not, no bait and switch. That's it. We want to see Jesus lifted high and we see lives changed. You know, um, if you don't know Jesus, you have an opportunity to. You have an opportunity to. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. You don't have to wait till I ask. You can just go, Jesus, you know what? I'm a sinner, and I need your saving. And if, you know, and so I encourage you for that. I have two minutes worth of instruction for you. And here it is. As a direct result of what you just heard, Ron's testimony, the scriptures that we just studied, I got one question for you to ask, and then I got one thing for you to do. Here's the question. Who in your life is suffering because you're not getting what you want? Who is it? Who in your life right now is praying that you get this message? Who in your life needs you desperately to hear what was just said? Who's suffering in your life because you are not getting what you want. Listen to me. Listen to me. Run to Jesus. God, Jesus, I gotta, I gotta make this right. I gotta, who right now sheds tears, feels hurts, walks around with wounds, gets inflicted with all sorts of curses and, 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 and hurt because you aren't getting what you want. Once you answer that, what I want you to do is I want you to commit this week. And hopefully it'll be a lifetime thing, but start with this week. I want you to ask, I want you to say this statement the next time you're having an argument with someone else. 
The next time you feel the temperatures rising, the next time you feel the, the, the conversation not going the way you want, the next time you feel emotions getting the best of you, I want you to be able to pause enough, long enough to say this to whoever you're with. I want you to say this. You know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. You know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. In fact, I want us to practice that twice. We're going to practice that now. So that when this week, because it's going to happen this week. It's going to happen. Someone's going to upset you. Someone's going to, it'll be a, a teller in McDonald's. It'll be a family member. It'll be a co-worker. It'll be someone. And, and I need you to pause long enough to say, you know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. So that's what we're going to say twice together, okay? You know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. On the count of three. One, two, three. You know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. Now, I want you to do it one more time, but I want you to take out your finger and shake your head because when you have arguments, when you have arguments, it's not like, Michael, do you realize why we're having this fight? It's simply because I'm not getting what I want. That's not you, okay? So what we're going to do is, you know why we're having this fight? Because I ain't getting what I want, all right? So we're going to do that together, okay? So we're going to try, all right? All, all, all together at one time with attitude, okay? You ready? One, two, three. Do you know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. Right, exactly. There you go. There you go. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to practice that throughout the week. Now, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus and you feel far away from God, I want you to know that there's one more person who says the same thing. Jesus says, you know why you don't feel close to me? You know why? Because I want you as a kid. I want you in a deep personal relationship with me. You know, I, want you to, I, I want you as an intimate, intimate relationship. And I'm not getting what I want. And so Jesus says, I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm not going to give you the cold shoulder. I'm not going to do all those things that everyone else does. What I'm going to do is I'm going to beckon you to come. But if you want to know deep, intimate relationship with God, if you want to know a deep, abiding, gospel-centered, love relationship with Jesus, surrender to Him. Give your life to Him. Stop fighting. Oh, but I don't have all my questions answered. It's okay, me neither. Keep going. Oh, but, but there's so many things that I don't know. Me too. It's all right. Keep pursuing Jesus. Submit, surrender your heart, your life to Jesus. What basically I'm saying is, go, Jesus, I agree with you. Where you, those places, I know I've done wrong. I know I've, I've sinned. I know I've lied. I know I've come against you. I know I have. I just beg you to do that. And now is a perfect opportunity to do it. And so submit your life to Jesus. Make him the boss of your life. Stop being the boss of your life. Make him the boss of your life. So, for those of you who don't know Jesus, give Jesus what he wants. You. And there will be a great joy. A great joy. And for those of you who already know Christ, ask yourself this question. Who is suffering because I'm not getting what I want? And then whenever you get into a thing with someone. You know why I'm not getting, you know why we're having this fight? Because I'm not getting what I want. My prayer is, is that you would turn to Jesus, submit to him, and have him rule and reign as he guides you. I pray that's your story. Let's pray. Lord, I know for me, this is such a tough message to apply because I always want what I want. And it's hard for me to look outside of myself to look at what you would want. So Lord, I pray 
right now in my own heart as well as in the hearts of those that are here, my prayer is that you would be exalted. You would be approached. You would be pursued. That when I feel offended, I would take that offense to you and that you would address my heart and that you would speak the gospel into my soul and that you would give me wisdom as to what to do and that I would be able to respond in such a way as to bring you glory and bring you fame. Father, for those here who are far from you and just need to submit their lives to you, I pray that they would do that very thing. That they would just surrender their lives to you. That they would say, Jesus, be my God. Forgive me my sins. You be the shot caller in my life. I pray that that you would give them the heart to do that. Thank you for all that you're doing, Lord, and I pray that as we move into our prospective lives and we go into relating with others, Lord, that we would be able to be reminded of this verse, give you glory and live with your joy. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.